Welcome to the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss a drop of straight talk you can't get anywhere else. We discuss the whiskeys to drink, music to listen to, and what it really takes to be an effective leader. I'm your host, Galen Bingham, the leadership strategist. Tonight's guest, founder of Bridge the Difference LLC and author of Making Virtual Work, Dr. Betty Johnson. Hey, what you drink? Uh, you know, m- many, many years ago, uh, when I was first trying to get into leading teams, uh, I looked around and I tried to identify what I would be facing. And I decided that there were two ways that I could think of, of doing the management job. Uh, I could either uh, come in as the super salesperson because I was coming up through the sales function. And I could be the guy calling on all the customers. I could be the guy negotiating all the deals because I was pretty good at that as a salesperson. And so, you know, again, I could do that work. I could do that, uh, make that happen. Or I could decide that's working way too hard. <laughs> you know, uh, it seems like it might be easier if I focused on how do I make my people get to a point where they can do what I can do and even more. Give them the freedom to run to places that I haven't been to. And, um, you know, I, I created the these three elements and I want to run this by you as a, as a PhD to just let me know if I'm if I'm barking up the right tree or if I need to change this at all. But I, I just kind of decided for myself that my role as a leader was to do really three things. And the first was that my job as a leader was to paint a very clear picture of what winning looks like. What does success look like? What does it look like when we get to the promised land? Because without that, everyone would be running around trying to do what they thought was a good idea, but they wouldn't know what winning looks like. So how can you hit a target that you don't know where it is? So first thing is paint a clear picture of what winning looks like. The second thing is to identify and remove barriers that threaten to get in the way of winning. You know, look down the path. Is it training? Is it resources? Is it access to people? Is it is it marketing? What's what might be the barrier that might complicate someone's striving to hit that target of winning? And then the third priority was to get people inspired, to inspire people to want to get on board with helping us win. And for me, I just tried to make sure that I was just focused on those three things. There might be other things that might come along that I would be tempted to want to jump in and put on my cape and go do. But my responsibility was painting a clear picture of winning, identifying and removing barriers that inhibit winning and inspire people to get on board. What did I miss? What, what was left out? What could I talk to my younger self and, and modify with those three priorities? I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Your three-part definition of leadership is right on. I, w- I was writing them down as you were talking because I really wanted to rest with, with what you were saying. And the pattern that emerged for me, the, the mental pattern was, okay, how? So I have some ideas about that that I'd like to flip back to you. Oh, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. 
Okay, so I want to talk about getting people to want to get on board. This is after you have painted the clear picture and you're also simultaneously removing removing the barriers. The reason I want to start there is I hear a lot of executives say, look, I've painted a clear picture. That's how they talk, right? Look, I've painted a clear picture and I just feel like all I'm doing is removing barriers and they just keep coming up with excuses. And so this whole how to get people to want to get on board, that's the motivation piece. And is that not the secret sauce? Because you can paint that picture and you can go in there and remove those obstacles and you still have disengaged employees. Yeah. So one of my favorite models to think about how I have two, actually, two, two favorite models. And this is operational for your listeners. Okay. The first is Marty Seligman's PERMA model. PERMA is an acronym, P-E-R-M-A. Marty Seligman is a rock star. He is the uh, founder of the positive psychology movement, like coin the term. And he is a psychiatrist himself. He was a former uh, head of the American Psychiatric Institute. The guy has chops. So Marty, based on years and years of research, what he said is these are the five things that are essential to well-being. Positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning, and accomplishment. Wow. We got, we got to back up because people didn't realize the misfortune of not having a pen and piece of paper around. So I, I, need, I, need, you, I need you to go back and hit that again. So it, the reason, I, yeah. And so the context why you're grabbing your pen and your paper is this. If you are trying to paint a clear picture of winning and you want to remove obstacles so that winning is there, it's not just about removing process obstacles. It's about removing the obstacles to people feeling like I am in, man. I love this place. Bring it on. I can't wait to get up in the morning and go to work for Galen again because I am kicking it on how I feel about my work. If you want your employees to have that kind of enthusiasm, refer to Marty Seligman. His book, Flourish, you can get the book. It's fantastic. The five things are, write this down, P-E-R-M-A. It's an acronym, PERMA. And PERMA is brilliant because it sticks, right? We're talking about stickiness with your people. P is positive emotions. Your people need to feel happy. Fundamentally, they need to be feeling positive about their about their work, about you, about their coworkers, about their work environment. So stop pushing them to come back to the office if what they really want to do is stay home. They need to have positive emotions. If they start feeling resentment, if they start feeling trapped, if they start feeling manipulated, positive emotion goes away, right? The second one, engagement. When Chick Sent Mahai said engagement is that place where you lose a sense of time. You so enjoy what you're working on that you're not watching the clock and suddenly you realize you missed lunch and it's okay because you're not even hungry. That is ultimate engagement. So you want to provide people with the kind of work or assignments that really are in that sweet spot of stretching their skills a little bit, stretching their knowledge a little bit, but not too much because that's what puts them into the state of flow, engagement. The third, relationships. Now, relationships, according to Marty, are so important that if you mess it up on this one, the rest of them don't matter. Relationships guide everything. Relationships are, I feel like I belong. 
I feel like I trust you. I feel like you trust me. I really like being around you. I like the way we talk about things. It's not always the same, but I'm in relationship with you. I'm in a community with my people. Like that woman said on LinkedIn to her former colleague, welcome home. That's relationships. M is meaning. I got to feel like I'm part of something bigger. And this is that clear picture of winning, but winning has to have meaning for me. Okay, so if I'm working for Coca-Cola company, what is meaning for me? Well, it's going to be different for everybody. So what is meaning? Meaning can be if you're a leader, I'm growing my people. I'm creating a legacy in my career because these people used to work for me. They're advancing. That's meaning. The last one is accomplishment. Accomplishment means checking the box. I did it. Awesome. Next. You know, we thrive on this. This is why people keep lists and check off the list because it's a way of sensing like, got it, got it, got it. It feels so good, right? It feels so good. I, love, I used to love mowing the grass because I could see the stripes. I could see the progress I was making, that sense of accomplishment, mowing the grass. So we want all five of these things. If you really want to be that leader who is getting people to want to get on board, PERMA gives you the signposts. Oh, so, so now you, you see why I had to shut down that one-on-one conversation we were having because I needed for my listeners to get wind of this brilliance and just the simplicity of And like I said, like I'm drinking the old medley of these are concepts that these aren't brand new. It's just it's just a it's just a new way of looking at a more simple way of breaking down the fundamentals of what it takes to get the most out of what your people are wanting to bring to you. Because I believe, and again, all of my years of working and living, I can't be convinced otherwise. I believe that most people show up every day wanting to do an amazing job. I haven't, I haven't run into too many people who are showing up thinking, well, let's see how I can screw this up today. Right. No, because it's related to identity. We want to feel good about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It's about our sense of self-worth. We want to feel that we have self-worth, that we are bringing value. It is absolutely innate that we want to feel these things. So how do we create the conditions for people to feel it? All right. So you help me with that. So now help me with this. This is another thing that I have been, because this makes sense in my head. And I ask many of my guests to try to help me articulate how this might make sense to others. And it's the name of this podcast, the connection between whiskey, jazz, and leadership. And for me, you know, whiskey is about uh, doing what you enjoy with people who you enjoy it with kind of your tribe, your crew, regardless of what people outside might think, if that's what you enjoy, do you, right? Just do you. And the metaphor of jazz is this ability to get from where you are to where you need to be, even when there's no sheet music, even when things aren't spelled out, or maybe there is sheet music, but someone spilled coffee on the sheet music, so you can't quite read it the way you would like to be able to, but you still have to get from where you are to where you need to be. Uh, that's the metaphor for me. And then and then leadership for me, my listeners have heard me say, nobody eats unless somebody kills something. 
And even if you're even if you're vegan, you got to kill a plant, right? No, nobody's going to eat unless somebody takes an action that is a step closer to doing what the organization is there to do. Uh, so for me, that all fits. Is there a through line there for you as well? There is. There is. The way I hear it, when you describe these metaphors, is that each of them involves artistry. Mm. It's not like baking a cake, okay, where you've got a list of seven ingredients, you mix them in the order and the amount that you're told to do, and you put it at the right temperature, and 30 minutes later, you have a cake. Now, someone who's really an artistic baker, do they follow the recipe or do they do they do an improvisation? Mm. They do an improvisation, don't they? That's what makes it so fantastic to taste because it's different. It's special. So the same thing with your, with your whiskey, there's an artistry to it. With jazz and with leadership, there's an artistry to it. And then the second that comes to mind is, what are you an artisan of? Okay, so if you're an artist, what is the, what is the skill set of this artist? It's not using color, right, which would be a painter. And to me, the art of these three is really about understanding alchemy. So with alchemy, alchemy is about the conditions that exist and applying your combination of elements within that context to get a certain kind of chemical reaction. And that's what happens with, with your whiskey because whiskey comes from different parts of the country and you know you're doing using just different kinds of barrels, but does it also have to do with temperature, altitude? Whatever is in the air conditions, what if it's damp? What if it's not damp? So this alchemy that produces that incredible year of the one label that you love, that's alchemy. And then with jazz, if you're doing improvisational jazz, which in my book is the only kind of jazz, (laughs) right? Because I want to hear where we go off the sheet music. I want to know it's happening because that's when I become elated. So this gets back to the conversation about training and do people need training? Well, yes, you might train them to bake a cake, okay? If they're a leader, you train them metaphorically to bake a cake. Here's what good coaching looks like. Here's what doing a performance review looks like. But if you don't bring your artistry to that and recognize the context, the person that you're dealing with, what is the kind of outcome that you're trying to create then you're not practicing the artistry of leadership. It's not in a book. It's in awareness, paying attention to the things that you might not have realized are so important, but guess what? They are. And now we're learning some things we've been neglecting are really important. So we need to add them into what we consider when we do this blend of actions. I mean, that is, that's, that's perfect. And you're reminding me of some some coaching uh, that Miles Davis gave to a very young Herbie Hancock when he said, you know, I, I don't want you to play what's there. I want you to play what's not there. You know, I, I know what's there. I want you to play what's not there. And just giving him the freedom 
to explore uh, what is in between those notes that are written there on the page. And um, so, so, so interesting that one of Miles Davis's most iconic uh, songs and albums and recordings, um, he literally gave people just a few notes on the back of a piece of a napkin and said, I want you to do this, 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 and this, and we're gonna do that in three, two, one. And he turned on the microphone and he just, he talked about alchemy. And that is what leadership is for me. It's to your point, it's, yeah, we've got all the same ingredients, but how you do it is gonna be different than how I do it and it needs to be. Right, because you're a human being, you're not a robot. And every single person who reports to you is a human being, not a robot. People have different emotions and needs. And we have some things in common, like we talked about PERMA, okay? But how that shows up for each person is different. So also executives say this to me, this takes too much time. I don't have time to talk to all of my people. I don't have time to figure out what makes them tick. Of course you don't. That's why you have immediate direct reports. So your role as the CEO of your organization is to prepare your direct reports to go out and lead that way. And when they do, what's going to happen? People are going to model that. Mm. And so you begin to create a culture that is not just eating strategy for lunch, but using strategy as the fuel to drive the organization. Uh, you know, I'll tell you another thing that I hear is, but Galen, it's just so much easier to just tell people what I want. And dadgummit, if they're not going to do it, then I'll find somebody else. It's just so much easier that way. Why do I need to, you know, go through all of these extra hoops that you're that you're laying out uh, for me to take when I can just say, make this thing happen by Tuesday? Sometimes you need to say that, but you don't do it out of ignorance. If you've been an effective leader up to that point, you know what's possible. <laughs> if you've been an effective leader, if you're like, just do it, your people have developed enough trust in you. They will say, okay, I hear you, but here's what's going to happen if we do. Oh, thank God they told you that because you would have had a mess on your hands. So there are absolutely times that you're not going to say, well, tell me, you know, so what do you see as the, as the upside and the downside of this? Of course, you're not going to do that all the time. My God, who wants to work for somebody like that anyway? I mean, we are here to get a job done. We are here trying to enjoy doing it together and build those relationships. And let's all make some money while we're at it. But the overemphasis on the command and control is where we really get into the problem. Not having the discernment to know, when do I lead like that? And when do I lead with curiosity? When do I show up as a visionary leader? And when do I show up as a charismatic leader? And when do I show up as a directive leader? And when do I show up as a participative leader? Because really, you need to be doing all of that. That's the alchemy. Mm. Sounding a little bit like uh, Ken Blanchard, situational leadership too, where, where, and when I first get exposure to Ken Blanchard's work, I, I thought immediately, oh my God, this makes all the sense in the world. Oh, this makes all the sense in the world. That was my first thought. My second thought was, this has got to be incredibly hard to do. 
right? Because this is saying that I've got to be flexible. I've got to be attentive. Uh, I've got to be dynamic in how I lead. What happened to this this, this old notion of I'm going to be the same leader for everyone. I'm going to show up the same way for everyone. What I'm hearing you say, Dr. Betty, which is similar to what I heard Ken Blanchard say is, I, as the leader, I've got to show up based upon what my people need, not what I want to do, what not based on what's comfortable for me. Exactly. And I think, you know, the good news and all that, because it just sounds like, okay, this is too hard. I think I want to just be an individual contributor. I'm kicking, <laughs> I'm kicking it on the income as a salesperson. I used to say this, like, why would I want that job where I have to work so hard and I can kill it on the income as a salesperson? <laughs> well, you know, the reason that you do or the reason that I did is because you realize you can make a difference in people's lives. Now, that's that is more to me more fulfilling than a big paycheck. And it's not like I took a huge pay cut. Right. Uh, it's just you have to grow yourself up into that to be really good and, and be a big earner in leadership. Yeah, You have to be willing to give up a lot of your autonomy. I used to say, why would I want to rest my success on the heads of a bunch of other people and dependent on them, be dependent on them doing their jobs for me to make that paycheck? You know, it just scared me. And now, yes, thank goodness I grew up a little bit and I realized that, well, there is kind of a simple recipe to all of this. And that's a recipe I, I present in this book that I recently wrote. And it sounds, oh man, it sounds so touchy-feely and woo-woo, kumbaya, let's all just hold hands and cry <laughs> together, whatever, you know. But that, that simple technique is empathy. And here's what it means. Like, it's not that squishy Oh, poor you. Oh, you're not coming to me with the same complaint. Let me take an hour of my day to listen to it. It's not that. Empathy is, I understand how you're feeling about this. Now, that can happen in a nanosecond. It doesn't take long to understand how somebody else feels. You just have to ask the right question. I understand how you feel. And how you feel, I'm going to let it resonate. I'm not going to say me too, because I can't feel like you. I'm not you. But I'm going to let whatever is going on with you, whether it's frustration or irritation or annoyance or fear or whatever, I'm going to let that bounce around in me kind of like an echo while also maintaining my own sense of how I feel, which is I feel impatient. I feel driven. You feel afraid and frustrated. We've got both of those going on at the same time. Right. So I let it resonate with me. I don't reject it. I don't argue against it or deny it. It's your truth, your reality. I take it in and let it bounce around. And then that is what motivates me to do something that makes it better for you. And when I make it better for you, guess who else wins? Mm. Me. <laughs> right. So this, and when you apply this to any type of work situation, okay, what's going on with you? What's that like? How's it? And you don't say, how that how does that feel? Because you're not a psychiatrist. What you say is, what's that like for you? And people will say, well, I'm just frustrated as hell. You know, they'll tell you. And then when you hear, I'm frustrated as hell, you let that bounce around like, well, that must really stink to be frustrated as hell. And frustrated as hell, as hell like, that also sounds like anger and like, maybe you're going to be out the door if we don't get this thing fixed. You're just letting it resonate. And then the question is, I get it. I'm hearing you. What do you think will make it better? Here's what I think will make it better. 
can we come together on some of this? Is there something in what I'm thinking, what you're thinking, that has a commonality that's going to work for both of us? Solution. And even for things that can't be solved, like I need to be making more money. I, you know, you hire this new person and they're making $15,000 more a year than me because they're new. And what about my income? And maybe I don't have it in my budget to give you that $15,000 boost. But if I, this year, but if I listen to you, I understand how you feel. I don't argue against it and give you all the reasons why I can't. I just say, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I also hear the frustration. And I want you to know I'm motivated to do something about it. So I'm going to be looking into what are the possibilities. And I'm going to keep you abreast of that. So that as I see something that might be a possibility to kind of level up the playing field, I'm going to check in with you to to find out, is that going to meet your need or not? Does that sound fair? Okay, that's empathy in action. It's just that simple. It's quick. It's quick. And if the CEO begins to practice that and the direct reports of the CEO practice that, then the mid-level leaders start to practice that, frontline managers practice it. Now you've got an organization where if our corporate values are the customer comes first, uh, we deliver, whatever it is. We can live that culture because we have a shared understanding. We can embrace it because we trust each other. We belong here. We're valued. Again, it's really not rocket science. I would say you don't even need to learn situational leadership. If you just get that principle of empathy is not about feeling sorry for people. It's not about enabling them or you know, producing this ongoing whining that we think it is. What it is is listening understanding, resonating, doing what makes things better for them, if you can, because if you do, you win. Wow. You guys see what you get when you listen to whiskey, jazz, and leadership. I mean, the, you, you, you're walking away with very tangible things that if you just did one of these things, there, there she's dropped at least a dozen. I stopped counting after 12, just gems that if you just took one of them and tried one of them tomorrow, I, I guarantee you, you're gonna see something change. Uh, I, it might not change your entire situation, but something's gonna change. I, I gotta have you into the, I gotta bring you to the VIP room because you've shared so much information for free. I can't imagine what you're gonna share in the VIP room. Uh, before we before we duck out of here and and, and duck under that and duck into the, uh, under that velvet rope, what are some final thoughts that you'd like to share? And how can people get a hold of you if they want to get some direct access to what you do as a consultant, uh, you know, as a speaker, as a coach, as just a brilliant person to have in their contact list? What I would love for people to do who are curious is get the book, Making Virtual Work, How to Build Performance in Relationships. And the reason I love that is because the models, the, the guidance in that book, they really boil down the things I've been talking about theoretically, philosophically into actions you can do today in a certain context. And that context is this video meeting hell that we put each other through every day. And so how do you turn that hell into something that represents PERMA, this positive, where people can't wait to show up? And they're so glad that they get to see you and get their work done. So the book, Making Virtual Work, is available on Amazon by Betty Johnson. 
And then if you just connect with me on LinkedIn, let's keep it simple, right? My LinkedIn is bridging the difference. If you look up that handle, you'll find me. You'll have information on my website. I put out a twice monthly newsletter with tips and techniques and you'll be able to use some of those because it, this is a fun conversation, but at the end of the day, when the rubber hits the road, what are you going to do tomorrow? I'm here to help you with what are you going to do tomorrow? What's realistic? What's practical? It's going to make a difference in the stickiness of your people. Are they happy working for you or are they not? Mm. Wow. Well, that, I mean, that's it. That's it. And I am just so honored to have you uh, listed as one of the people that I can reach out to and just say that I know, let alone have this kind of a conversation. I get to say, I know Dr. Betty Johnson, and that just makes me feel more accomplished as a dude in this leadership space because you are the real thing. And so are you, Galen. I feel the same way. So are you. All right. Well, hey, well, raise your glass because we've got an appointment in the VIP room and uh, they're, they're starting to I think they're starting to serve food over there. So we got to we got to move. So raise your glass and we'll toast until the next time. Until Cheers. the next time. Cheers. Hey, it's not too late. Hit that subscribe button so you're sure to catch the next episode. If you're really enjoying the vibe, leave us a review or become a VIP for guests and show exclusives. Cheers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.